Should I say it's Monday? It's the start of the audio week here on Sports Stars, and it is the third half. Our recap of the weekend's action in both the All Ireland Camogie and Ladies Football Championships. And you'd be glad to hear I'm not rambling away on my own this week because, yes, he's back. Colin Duffy's with us. Hi, Colin. Great to be back, uh, Darren. And uh, what a weekend of action we've had. I mean, trills and spills, extra time, All Ireland quarterfinals. Teams knocked out that will be expecting to get to latter stages of championships and the picture for knockout stages competition is a lot, lot clearer now across the board after a whirlwind weekend. I'm looking forward to getting into it with you in just a couple of moments. Calling quick shout out, Sports Stars Live was on Saturday night. You had Johnny Greville on the show as well. You're also talking to Dara O'Croher. And of course, Johnny Greville, with just a quick mention, um, stepping down as Westmead manager, but he was keeping an eye on the Nancy Murray Cup final for you as well. Yeah, certainly was. And um, I suppose with Cavan, of course, beating Tyrone and, uh, well, the Greville Connection. I mean, I think we may start a new podcast called The Greville Show on Sports Daz, Darren. I don't know if the budget stretches far enough to ask me, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> between having Pamela Greville a couple of weeks ago when we launched Sports Daz Live, the second day of it, of course, after Westmead's historic win over Limerick, first ever game in the All-Ireland uh, Komoki Senior Championship and then of course who was the manager of that team only her brother uh, Johnny who as you mentioned was on Sports Stars Live in our new Saturday night show last Saturday and what a career going from managing Westmead at junior B level right through to the senior grade and all those successes uh, were called by Johnny on uh, Saturday night as well and of course his brother Jimmy winning with Cavan as manager of the Cavan Camogie team who had that Nancy Murray Cup triumph over Tyrone at the weekend on Saturday night as well and of course plenty of action still to come for both of those sides as well in the Premier Junior Championship next weekend so uh, some of the sides I suppose that are benefiting certainly uh, from the new 2020 structures and it's great to see. It is great to see, and of course, Colleen, first, if you want to see Sports Stars Live, it's on our Facebook and Twitter pages right now. Make sure you check it out, and Colleen will be back every Saturday until the end of the championship at least with a live video show uh, with some top guests as well as people following both Camogie and ladies football. But also, as Colleen has mentioned, we have two guests on the show today. Later on, we'll be hearing from the Armagh Senior Ladies Football Manager, Ronan Murphy, but coming up shortly will be another of that Greville clan. Of course, it will be the Cavan Senior Camogie manager Jimmy Greville and that's because we've had an All-Ireland final this weekend the first adult one of course if you're only watching Kabogi or Ladies Football on television you might have missed it but the Nancy Murray Cup final was played in a very cooling wet and windy in a skiing on Saturday night Cavan justified their favourites tag. They beat Tyrone by 2.14 to 1.3. And it's just a remarkable story with Cavan seeing they only made their return to inter-county action this year for the first time in 10 years. Yeah, it's brilliant to see, Darren. And I suppose the manner of that victory, Cavan 2-14, Tyrone 1-3. And of course, these sides met in Ulster Championship a couple of weeks ago as well, lest we forget. And 
you know, Calvin um, certainly uh, really have put in huge, huge efforts. I saw Den in action in an All-Ireland uh, Junior B Championship final last year. It's hard to believe it's heading for 12 months since that game was played in at league against uh, Nabrid Oige from Mayo and a cracking uh, final that was and uh, you would have seen the Breed Oiga of course in the semi-final in Ballinasloe uh, before that uh, but certainly it shows that Cavan are making huge strides and it's great to see them back I'll go into the specifics of the game in a couple of moments but I'm just sitting here and there's Easily a couple of hundred pages of a hardback Cavan Camogie history that was published about 10 uh, years ago or so. There's a huge, huge history of Camogie in Cavan. People mightn't realize the depths that there is of uh, a Camogie history in Cavan. And, uh, you know, they've they've written their own piece of history, the team of 2020, by coming back, as you said, after that long gap and also by winning the first All-Ireland uh, Inter-County Championship silverware on offer this year in terms of the Nancy Murray Cup. Um, I'm not saying they made it look easy, but they certainly were impressive. Um, Shanice Fitzsimons, an excellent player, a member of that den side, as I said, uh, but it did take 10 minutes uh, for them to get off the marks. But once they got going, within seven minutes, they 2-3 to no. Uh, score that was what was on the board. Hannah Boylan uh, rounding off that magnificent spell um, with that second goal, and that came just after the water break as well. Kevin leading one three to no score uh, before we came into the water break. But amazingly, Tyrone's first score was a goal. Kira McGreedy two minutes later they tagged on a point, so Tyrone never gave up. Two four to one one in Kevin's favour at halftime. Tyrone unlucky maybe not to get a couple of more scores in the latter stages of the half. Their goalkeeper at the opposite end, Una McCann, absolutely outstanding, made a great save in. Uh, the closing five minutes of normal time or so of that opening half as well. And then into the second half, Cavan were a bit um, ring rusty. The break seemed to suit Tyrone more. Cavan had a couple of wides, some of them forced early on. Tyrone got the first score of the second half, appointed free from Roisin McArlane, uh, seven, almost eight minutes in. And uh, Tyrone then did have a chance through Regan Faye to add to their scoring, uh, but missed out. Roisin McArlane had a chance to have her second point of the half, a free drop short. And uh, probably it was that second, uh, sorry, that third quarter where Tyrone maybe didn't make the most of it in terms of their scoring chances uh, that really set them back because Cavan got on a run again, three unanswered scores. And indeed, uh, only to, uh, Tyrone were only to score one more point in the game. That came 10 minutes from the end of uh, normal time. Appointed free from Regan Fagan, uh, Kevin Shanice Fitzsimons, Roisin O'Keefe, as she has done a lot in the past, of course, has also played for Kevin footballers in the past as well. Sinead McKenna was excellent in those latter minutes as well. And uh, a brilliant performance by Kevin. Orla Smith, the player of the match, also made huge con- contributions as well. She got two points, um, at least two points, I should say, in that second half. Two points uh, back to back actually in the space of a minute in the third quarter which responded to that Tyrone period of dominance uh, as well but uh, brilliant brilliant display by Cavan and both sides of course will play it again Cavan up against Roscommon now in the Premier Junior next weekend and will be on the front foot of course after that impressive victory. 
was an impressive victory from Cavan 214 to 1-3. And earlier, I spoke to the Cavan manager, Jimmy Greville. Now I'm delighted to be joined with the Cavan senior camogie manager, Jimmy Greville. And Jimmy, first, congratulations. Uh, target achieved. Cavan are All-Ireland champions. Ah, yeah, no, it's a great feeling this morning there from the be waking up and being uh, being all Ireland champion, you know what I mean? Like it, like the girls, like the girls work shocking hard, so they did, you know. It was uh, testing conditions and everything with the rain and and the the wind, you know what I mean? Like it was it was fairly poor, but uh, as I was saying there, the pitch held up very well and like and everything. You wouldn't worry about that too much, but it was very hard to get scores, you know. Like against that breeze, it's very hard to get scores. I was watching it from the comfort of my office here in Sports Stats, but I could, as you just said, you could feel for the players on both teams as well. You don't mind me in our final, but boy, a, a cold, very, very windy and wet Saturday night. Oh, yeah, definitely. But still, you know what I mean? I get all Ireland finals. I said uh, one of them last night, you know what I mean? If it was Christmas Day, snow, and you'd, and all, all, all Ireland final, you'd play it, like, you know. But it was, no, no, it was excellent. Like, you know, like, you just have to. As I said to the girls all week, like you know what I mean, and I even said it to one of the management team. They were saying, "Oh, this is off the conditions or whatever," and I was saying, "Well, if we played it in July, knowing our weather, we could be in the exact same situation." You know what I mean? So, like, it was, it was. But like as I said to the girls during the week, and even especially try to hone in on it before the game is like we're in full, like we'd no control over certain things, and like the weather and mother you, nature. You know what I mean? Like that is completely out of our control. What we were controlling was our performance, you know what I mean? And regardless of the weather and everything, if we performed, we we knew we'd be there, thereabouts. You're against the wind in the first half and have to admire the team for the patience as well because when you're coming in as red-hot favourites and you haven't won anything in so long and Kevin's case hadn't played in so long, it was just being patient. There was a few missed chances right in the early stages, but eventually the scores came, 11 minutes, Hannah Boylan with the first goal. Yeah, no, it was it, like it was crucial, like you know what I mean, to just to stick with it, like you know, especially against that wind. Like I know you were, you'd be lucky to strike the ball, you know, thirty yards in it, like you know what I mean, and that be on a on, on it, you know. But it, what I would definitely say is that like when we brought uh, Shanice Simons out from the full forward line, out to the wing forward position, like it opened it up for us, and you know she got onto a mountain of ball out there, and she got the first two points for us, um, and then when the ball broke into Hannah, you know what I mean, like Hannah is. Hannah is one of the nicest uh, <laughs> women you'd meet there on, on, on that team. She's so, you know, she, she, I think if she was angry, she'd still be smiling. It, it's the type <laughs> of girl she is. And uh, we try and just say to her, like, if you're ever in the opportunity, just go for goal. Don't feel sorry for him if you score. Just go for a goal, you know. like. And she did it last night. She got two great goals for us, which set us up nicely. Yeah, the Gremlins were playing up with the technology here, so we missed the second goal. We could hear from Killing Whelan's commentary it was Hannah again. And at halftime, 2 4 to 1 1 in front. Kira Fitzpatrick denied by a great save from the Tyrone keeper, Una McCann. Uh, no doubt, first, you were happy with your position at halftime, and secondly, what did you say to the players? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, like we. We we try and just break it down in, in into the quarters, you know, like you know what I mean now. And uh, the way the game has gone out the water break, like you know, it's the way we try to do it is you if you win every quarter by a point, you'll win the game, like you you know what I mean, like and that is just the way we we tried and uh, to talk on the last night. And in the first half, you know what I mean, like we did well, you know what I mean. It's a very soft goal, like you know, it, it was our our mistake for the goal that we conceded, you know what I mean, like we we didn't attack the ball, um, 
you know, we, we missed the pick-up. And then, like I said, uh, I said to you last week, and I said to the girls all week, you know, Tyrone, if you give them a sniff of it, they're going to take it. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what you did. You know what I mean? And uh, number 10, uh, I think it was Kira uh, last night, she just drove straight through us, hand past the ball, and bang back in the net. You know what I mean? Like, And it came from our mistake, you know, and that's something that we have to definitely rectify. Like, you, like, you know what I mean? Things like that. But still, you know, like at half time, settle them down, you know, like you, like you know what I mean, and go, you know, just go through the basics with them again, and just get them to settle down. Like we, we had an hour before the game, like you know what I mean, to be an All Ireland champion. At that stage, at half time, there was thirty minutes gone. We don't need thirty minutes left, like you know. So it was all in their hands, and just to control the game and just make sure we keep knocking over the scores and just keep the scoreboard taking was the most important thing. Yeah, as you mentioned, Kieran McGreedy's goal coming straight after Hannah's second goal as well. They put Jerome back in it, but as you said, there was just control in the second half. I have to give a shout out to Orla Smith. I was delighted she got the official player of the match. A great second half performance. Two early points in that second half. When I say early, it was probably closer to the three quarter mark, but gradually then he pulled away and boy, he finished very strong in the final 10 minutes. Ah, yeah, like, 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 Tomo, like, uh, Orla Smith, like, she was, like, she got points when the, like, when, when it really mattered, like, you know what I mean? And, like, that's she, she'll always she'll keep trying and trying and trying, you know what I mean? And it like like it come off her last night and I'm delighted for her. But like it's it just shows the team that like that we that that the panel of girls we have, like, you know, like we brought on five subs, like and you know, and each of the subs added to it, which is phenomenal. Like, you know what I mean? Like so like it it was you know, it was tough, as you're saying, tough conditions, like and and, and everything, but it was great to see, you know, the the strong finish you know because they put in a lot of hard yards there with fitness work and everything uh like throughout the the whole lockdown and everything they were doing bits with their clubs and bits like that and, and stuff and it, it really showed up last night you know and you know we, we came strong we could have went for another 20 minutes if if we had to you know what i mean which which was great and we were only to be we were only finding our groove in the last 15 minutes you know what i mean like we were just Find the pockets of space and popping them over, you know what I mean? Which was about 45 minutes too late, but still, we we, we got there, you know? I was just going to say, when you say you were finding your groove, Sinead McKenna, I'd say, would love another 20 minutes. She was really getting into the game, a cracking point at the end as well, to pull out two 14 to 1 3 winners. But there was like great workers, not just those who were getting the points, but across the field as well, as we've touched on already, it was just work, work, work. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to make sure, like, we have. I try and tell the girls anyway that like we have 15 defenders with 15 attackers, you know what I mean? Like I don't care if the wing backs, cornerbacks are going up the field, just if they go up the field to make sure that they have somebody to call to cover them off and when they go by them, you know what I mean? Like, and that is that's what we have to do, like, you know what I mean? And it like it was great. It was great last night to see that, like, you know, like they were all they all wanted to have the hook and a block in the first 10 minutes of the game was phenomenal and I as far as I'm aware like uh, I didn't go through all the stats um, yet on it but like we had our forwards in the first half had more blocks than the entire Tyrone team and our ba- and our own backs like you know so it was um, it was excellent so it was uh, there at the minute you know Jimmy just a couple of questions before I let you go um Obviously, this is not the end of the road for Cavan this season. We'll touch on that in a second, but I know with restrictions and, and COVID-19 and everything, things would have been tempered anyway. Was there any chance for the girls to just let their hair down and celebrate a little bit last night or are they just going to hold until the season's over? Um, it's... I just want to tell you one second. No, like, it, like it, is, like it is going fairly, um, you know, like with it, 
especially like I said to you last week, like going into the going into uh, last night, like we were concentrating, like we were only going one game at a time, like you know what I mean, like and that is it, like that's what we were doing for the whole year, like it was always next game, next game, next game, and now going into last night, you know, knowing the win we were playing Roscommon now next week, and I think as far as I'm aware, it's in at league in in Roscommon, which is a strange one when it's uh, all Ireland semi final at the home venue for a team, you know, but um, but like with it, there is. Like it's it's all a bonus, like you know what I mean. It's all a bonus from here 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 on in. No matter what happens next weekend, win lose, you know what I mean. Like it's Everton now is a bonus, and that's what we want, you know. And as you mentioned the bonus, and it brings me to a final question. Actually, I will see you next week where where that game is in that league, wherever it is, because I'm booked for commentary duty. Ross Common against Kevin. We do know it's in a Ross Common venue. Yeah, as you say, though, you'd imagine the Northern semi final would be in a neutral venue, but. I suppose bringing yourselves down from from Saturday night's victory, uh, what would what will you be focusing on the preparations during the week? Uh, well, the main thing is like it's just to try and eliminate our mistakes. So like from, from last week, make sure we hone in on them and uh, and just knuckle down really and just get them like get them back down to earth. Like you know, like they're all buzzing at the minute. Like you're buzzing going into the game and buzzing last night and everything. Like and it is a strange one. Like you know what I mean? Like it is like. Would we, as, as I said to the girls last night, they were, it, it's an awful pity we couldn't go celebrating and stuff like that. But All-Ireland Junior semi-final, seven days later, regardless if whatever was open, it was open, We I would definitely be telling them there'd be no celebrating until, you know, until after that and see how we go, you know, like it's a long, like it's a, been a big year and stuff. So like when, when we are in a situation that is, you know, like this one coming up with the, the All-Ireland semi-final, you know, like it's, it's great, like, like, like it's something huge, huge to touch you. Like, we've made history, you know what I mean? That's what I, I tried to say to the girls last night, like, after the game, we made history. You know, like, whatever happens from here on in, you know what I mean? You can be proud of what, whatever's going on, that Calvin jersey, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you'll be proud of wearing it, and, you know, we're after putting Calvin back on the map now. It's just push on and reach for the, the sky and see, see where we fall, you know what I mean? I like listening sports says because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. So that was the Kevin Senior Camogie manager Jimmy Greville after their 214 to 13 Nancy Murray Cup final victory over Tyrone and Colleen. Just before we heard from Jimmy, you touched on, of course, the season is not over for these two teams. We don't know the details yet. We do know I'm going to Ross Common against Kevin. I'm looking forward to commentating on that match for Dermot Flaherty video. And also, we have Armagh against Tyrone. These are the Premier Junior Camogie semi finals scheduled for next Saturday. Yes, Darren, what a weekend of games that promises to be ahead in the Premier Junior. And I suppose Calvin will have that momentum coming in against Ross Common. So they, they're going to be well up for this. And when you come in off the back of uh, winning a cup, and I know there was plenty of excitement in the post-match they might have a little bit of a celebration, but the beauty of 2020, Darren, is that you can't celebrate too much. You know, you have to go back to your homes and you have to kind of keep that maybe Zoom celebration, if you like, but you can't gather together too much in groups. So I'm sure that'll keep them on the straight and narrow and well-focused ahead of that game this weekend as well. I saw Ross Common in the league last year against Kildare. Very impressed by them. They're a very resilient side. Uh, they have some good young talent there, and I'm 
I'm sure this one is set to be a cracker as well. And then, of course, you know, we've an all Ulster clash, as you mentioned, Armagh versus Tyrone. Tyrone will be uh, disappointed, I suppose, with that display against Cavan. But as I mentioned a few minutes ago, there's been great resilience uh, in that Tyrone display as well. There was periods of time uh, of that match where they uh, certainly looked that they could put it up to Cavan as well. But Cavan got the run on them early on. And as I said before, on a lot of occasions, I said it at the weekend twice, I think, on sports as too small and the hyper. It's always a good go to Sean Uckle. A good start is half the battle. And that certainly stood Cavan in that game in Inishkeen on Saturday night as well. But um, I suppose uh, mentioning more Tyrone there, um, I, I find it hard to uh, see how this one won't go in Armagh's favour. Uh, they have the experienced, I talked to Orla Murray uh, pre-championship a few uh, weeks ago. They're a grade ahead. They have obviously that experience. They lost against Down in um, an Ulster final uh, played a few weeks back as well. Uh, but they'll be... Uh, keen to uh, get back on track they'll be keen not to be seen as the team that loses to a team that's trying to make the step up as well so I suppose that one's going to be intriguing because you've thrown on the back foot from a loss but in some cases you can't but be inspired uh, more maybe so from a defeat than actually a win and trying to get things right and knowing what to get right but then seven days or so it's a very short space of time to try and get those things right. So I imagine Armagh will come out on top. You'd expect Roscommon to beat Cavan, but it isn't beyond Cavan to beat the Rossies. They did beat them in the league, so anything could happen in that game. So that was our Nancy Murray Cup final. Cavan beating Tyrone, and of course, as Coley mentioned, the Premier Junior semi-finals next week. Armagh against Tyrone, Roscommon against Cavan. We'll have details during the week. Let's go to the games that were live in RT2 on Saturday. The Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Camogie quarterfinals. Cork back in the semi-finals. They beat Clare by 3.15 to 8 points. And Tipperary also there for the third year in a row. 112 to 10 point winners over Waterford. Cooling, I was really, really looking forward to the second game between Tipperary and Waterford. I was impressed with Tipperary, but I was very disappointed with Waterford. Yeah, and Daryl Crowher touched on that on Sportstars Live on Saturday night as well. Um, I suppose this is Waterford's third year in a row at the All-Ireland quarter-final stage um, three years ago, making that breakthrough for the first time. And then I suppose you'd want to build on that. And I suppose last year, they really... Um, did uh, play well in the quarter final and push forward, but ultimately defeat was their lot. And, uh, you know, to lose to a Galway side that subsequently ended up being the All-Ireland champions, um, that was no disgrace. So this is, I suppose, a case of maybe two steps forward, one step back, literally. Um, you know, they will be really hurting from this defeat to Tipperary. They did offer a lot of glimmers of hope in that contest. And I suppose I mentioned before, um, lest we forget, Darren, if we go back a couple of months, who did I tip? For I know where you're going here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did say tip might be the ones to take the All-Ireland. They're still on track, of course, although they, I know, had a bit of a slip up, obviously, in uh, the group stages, but uh, they've done the worth and they're back in the semi-final the same four semi-finalists uh, as last year as well but uh, there's still a lot to be played before we can get on there and I suppose I mentioned Galway of course they are up against Galway in the next round so we'll we'll see how that one goes but um Tipperary 
have got the firepower, that's for sure. Cote Van, what hasn't been said about Cote Van at this stage, um, an excellent player, but right around this Tipperary side, um, they, they really have got it right. Um, obviously, Bill Milani, hugely enthusiastic after that win. And uh, Tipperary's resilience, um, Waterford ahead, eight points to six at halftime heading into the teeth of a gale, you know, scoring last uh, three of the last four points as well. Um, and and then, when you know, that goal from Karen Kennedy, 42 minutes, that was really what put Tip in the driving seat. Um, Waterford didn't really look in it as much in the second half. And it's a bit like the first quarter final, which we'll touch on in a couple of moments time, where Claire were really at the races in the first half. And then into the second half, they, they kept going as well. But it was in that third quarter, where, or, or sorry, the fourth quarter, I should say, where Cork really took control. In, in, in this particular one, Waterford and Tipperary, it was really into the second half where Tipperary took control. But you could really say the catalyst was that Karen Kennedy goal. And, um, you know, when Beck Carton's shot was stopped late on by Anya Slattery as well. Um, you know, I often say forwards often get the credit that the defence and the goalies don't often do but that was a fine save by Anya Slattery one of the highlights of all the games that I watched over the weekend and uh, you know we're, we're all multitasking hugely um, we, we we now can be in venues that we've probably never been before Darren and I know we've been in a hell of a lot of venues right across the country uh, such is the brilliant work that's been done by all the streaming services around uh, the country and bringing ladies football and camogie and other games to the fore as well. But yeah, um, that, that on your slattery save and that goal uh, prior to that, obviously by Karen Kennedy, really two key moments as to why Tipperary are now true to the All-Ireland semi-finals. It certainly is again the semi-finals to look forward to Tipperary against Galway in two weeks' time. As Coley mentioned, Karen Kennedy getting the goal. The other semi-final in two weeks' time is going to be in Porky Queen between Cork and Kilkenny, Coley. And of course, Cork beat Claire by 315 to eight points. Two goals from Amy O'Connor and one from Katrina Mackey was a deserving player of the match, though. Uh, it was a much closer contest than uh, the scoreline suggested for Claire to just pose with our steam. Cork, can they beat Kilkenny based on what you saw? What I would say, Darren, is that, uh, and I did say it the other night to uh, Daryl Croher as well, it was very unusual to see Cork in a quarter final. I mean, normally you'd be saying that they'd be one of the certs for the semis um, at an automatic qualification for the semis. But to have Cork in a quarter final is an interesting one as well. And I think that added to this as well because. You know, I, I suppose you're, you're preparing for a stage of the championship, which you might not be totally used to uh, clear as well. So it was very much clear being up for the game because of not being at this stage in, in a number of years. And then Cork, I suppose, maybe get, getting their house slightly in order. But it was an intriguing opening half. Uh, you know, Cork just ahead by the point at the break um, seven points to six, if memory serves me correctly, it was. And then the Cork we know started to take control in that second half. And I know your question, can Cork put it up to Kilkenny? Cork play the way they did in the second half. 
definitely. There's no doubt about it. Um, but certainly they need that 60 minute performance and get it right over the 60 minutes. But it wasn't necessarily that they got things wrong. It was just that end to end battle and uh, cork shading it at the break. And you could see they were pushing it towards the end of the half, the end of the opening half as well. Um, but I think... Um, Really, you know, goals win games. And even into that kind of third quarter as well, you know, there was still, it was still hanging in the balance. But then we've said it before on podcasts, Darren, and it's become more and more evident. It was kind of, I suppose, a a cliche maybe out of the club game. Oh, the water breaks make a difference. We'll we'll go on to talk about the intermediate games in, in a second. And I can definitely say the water breaks made the difference it, it was a case in this game where the water break did make that difference as well Cork were coming good slightly before the water break the second one uh, but certainly full command after that as well fully deserving of the win but a word for Claire as well I mean to um, make your first uh, quarter final in is it six or seven years Darren you probably, six years would have been it was lost year, to golf yeah. after extra time in 2014 that's right, yeah. So unlucky indeed that year as well. Uh, but time flies when you're having fun. But it's it's a long time for Claire to uh, have gaps between quarterfinals as well. And for them, they'll take great confidence, great learnings from this game as well. A very unusual year, as we know. And uh, I'm sure they're going to set the ground running in the league now as well. I'm sure they're they're going to be looking at the league going, right, it's only a few months around the corner, hopefully, touch wood. And we can make an impression now. We saw what we can do against Cork. Let's push that on. Try and get it over the full 60. And we'll we'll be a force to be reckoned with in 2021, I'd say. Well, they certainly made an impression in 2019, beating Kilkenny in the league and qualifying for those quarterfinals. Those results again from Porky Cueve. Cork 3-15, Clare 8 points. Tipperary 1-12, Waterford 10 points. And as Colin mentioned there as well, the semi-finals in Porky Cueve in two weeks' time. All Ireland champions go away against Colin Duffy's prediction Tipperary and the rivals Cork and Kilkenny in the other semi-final. Let's move to Sunday in the Intermediate Championship. Mead through to the semi-finals. They beat Derry by 113 to 8 points. They will play down in the final four. I know Colin's going mad to talk about the other one. A big result for Leash. Colin coming from behind, it has to be said at times, to beat Kerry after extra time by 110 to 16. A cracking game, Darren, and not just because it was a leash win. It was end-to-end stuff. Really good defensive displays. Very impressed by both sides. Very impressed with Kerry in particular in the early stages because, like, this this is the thing, I suppose, listeners to our podcasts would be generally familiar with the whole intricacies of Camogie and ladies football. But for anyone who mightn't be uh, as familiar... Kerry playing in the intermediate grade for what I believe is the first time ever. I mean, they just won the Premier Junior last year uh, in Crow Park and what a win that was for them. And for the most part, we're relying on one club. That was Clan Morris, but there's players filtering in now from other clubs as well. And they really threw the kitchen sink at least this afternoon. 1-5 to a goal after 34 minutes. Um, Jessica Fitzell, who got goals, of course, against uh, uh, Mead and against Carlo for Kerry already in the championship. No surprise that she got their third goal in this year's championship as well. 
and um, certainly an ex sorry the third of four goals in this year's championship as well and certainly not a surprise an excellent uh, positioning from her a high ball in it was just her and the goalkeeper or uh, a leash goalkeeper um, and the full back to beat and she struck it into the net a mix up inside and really there wasn't too much in terms of defensive lapses by both teams in the encounter on Sunday afternoon a cracking display as I said both teams with goal chances early on in the opening 90 seconds or so in fact um, Leash actually had a goal ruled out after 45 seconds uh, that was how uh, quickly things were working in this particular match um, but uh, 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 throw ball and the referee um, John McDonough, your fellow county man from Galway, ruling that one out. And then Fitzell at the opposite end from the puck out, shot from distance and batted out uh, by the leash goalkeeper, of course, as well in that one. So end to end stuff in, in those opening minutes. But uh, I suppose it's um, it was interesting because Kerry weren't conceding too many frees in normal time. They were very tight, but they were coming away with the ball, end-to-end -end stuff. So often for passages of a couple of minutes in this game, the uh, ball was bouncing yo-yo between the two 45s, helter-skelter stuff. Uh, Patrice Diggin on the freeze. It had been noted before the match that she'd been practicing a few and missing them. And uh, she did put over uh, three points in the opening half of uh, normal time. Uh, but she was missing some scores as well. Uh, two of those, uh, sorry, one point, in fact, in the opening uh, 13 minutes or so came from her. It was the opening score after five and a half minutes. And then Jackie Horgan put over a point and followed up on 13 minutes by Kivas Balan. Uh, Kerry, three points to no score ahead as we headed for the water break. Not too much in terms of wides either. Just one, in fact, a long-range effort from Patrice Diggin after 14 and a half minutes. Then we headed to the water break from the puck out. And what happened? But Leash got their goal, their only goal in this game. Uh, an excellent response. Sarah Cuddy bursting through 40 metres out. Uh, broke free and uh, the Kerry player left chasing and in the end it was finished to the back of the net. Uh, the only time... Uh, in that opening half, the sides were level because Kerry took the initiative then. Patrice Diggin, a two-pointed freeze and also, uh, sorry, just the two-pointed freeze, five points to a goal then at the halftime break. Kerry putting huge pressure on the Leafs defence, could have had more scores at that stage. And the difference really between the sides in the opening three quarters of the game or so was that Kerry were finding players in support quite well, whereas Leash maybe not so much. And on that occasion, Kerry were breaking free and going forward on bursting runs. And although Jessica Fitzell got the goal uh, three and a half minutes into the second half to open up that 1-5 to 1 goal lead, suddenly things started to work in Leash's favour. Although I said Kerry had much better support play, a more cohesive approach. Um, they were missing uh, scoring chances. There was three wides, two of those from Patrice Diggin, inside two and a half minutes. And Leash uh, went to the break just that uh, two points, in, sorry, just uh, the five points in arrears. And, and that was a good place for them to be. We thought maybe that Kerry would continue, but Leash really got their house in order. They found their players well. They were a much different side on the restart. 
and then started going five points without reply. That scoring run started on 22 minutes by Alison McAvoy. Kathy Galbraith, a substitute with a score. Ashling O'D from a free. They were finding different scorers. Claude Tynan then, number seven on her back, but was working all over the field. She uh, left just a minimum between the sides, approaching the 60 minutes, including the water break time at 1-5 to 1-4. And then Leash, well, Kerry, uncharacteristically for them in this game, uh, were penalised three times around the midfield sector, conceding freeze. Frustration may be starting to set in a bit in injury time. And uh, Patrice Diggin did get a free then herself. That dropped short. So Kerry weren't that structured team that they had been maybe in the opening three quarters of the game. Leash continuing to press forward, pushing hard three and a half minutes into injury time. Claude Tynan, back-to-back scores her, her second point puts them over one five apiece and then extra time, Darren. Extra time indeed it was in Leash outscoring Kerry by five points to one to book a place in a semi-final against Antrim. Mead with their 113 to 8-point victory up against Down. Going into a bit of a mix of what we were expecting the semi-final pairings to be. I think it was done to avoid repeat pairings. Uh, it takes place next Saturday, the Intermediate Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Camogie semi-finals. And two intriguing games. Leash will have great momentum from that up against an in-form Antrim team. While Mead probably the favourites at the start of this competition up against the downside going very well. Yeah, certainly. And just to mention the Mead Derry game, I suppose, within this as well. And um, it was a bit like uh, the Clare Cork game in some respects. Mead and Derry locked horns six points each at half time. And then Derry only scored two points in the second half and then finishes 113 to eight points in uh, Mead's favour and Sinead Hackett with the goal in that one as well. So uh, certainly Mead got their house together in the second half. Frustrations uh, from a Derry perspective uh, up in Templeport in Cavan as well. And I, I was looking at a couple of pictures from that game earlier on this afternoon. Conditions seem to be uh, worsening as that game progressed as well so that had a bit of a factor there as well but as you mentioned Mead would have been the favourite at the start of this uh, competition to go back up and um, it's it's an interesting one I suppose from their perspective uh, with the semi-final coming thick and fast this weekend it's likely both of those semi-finals will be on Saturday of course the details will be confirmed by the Camogie Association um, but down have a bit of uh, momentum, I suppose. They played Armagh in the Ulster final a few weeks back, done quite well there. Um, they're a very formidable side as well. Um, Antrim are a team as well, um, looking at the other semi-final, who can really put it up. But these these two semi-finals, they're, they're, they're set up to be crackers. They really are set up to be crackers, I think, because although... I've talked in previous podcasts and I mentioned Tipperary and I mentioned seeing that Mead-Tipperary game in Ashburn last year and we know how strong Mead have been. Down are a team that can put it up to anybody on any given day. This is intermediate competition. It's intermediate competition like in no other, in a year like no other. And, you know, the week-to-week nature of these games, they're coming a lot more thick and fast than they generally would have had. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. You can't beat that bit of momentum. 
but maybe at a time where there's so much in terms of week to week. And Ian Brick alluded to it after the game today, you know, three tough games for Kerry in three successive weeks and a lot of learnings uh, there as well that maybe the like for the likes of Down, it'll certainly maybe stand well to them that they've actually had that break coming up against the Mead side, who I'm sure put a hell of a lot of effort into that closing 30 minutes in particular of the game against Derry on Sunday as well. And from a leash perspective, a leash and Antrim, Leash are a very young side. A lot of these uh, players that uh, people will be familiar with from a Leash perspective, not available this year. The likes of Sarah Ann Fitzgerald, who focused on ladies football. And um, we'll touch on that later, of course. Leash playing Kildare on, in Carlo on Sunday. And she was involved with that. And um, also, I suppose, Neve Dollard is missing as well uh, from a Leash Camogie perspective this year. But Leash won that All-Ireland B title, that All-Ireland Minor B Championship last year. A lot of those players have been blooded in the last couple of games for Leash as well and are performing well too. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It, I suppose it boils down to um, how open these games will be. We saw some very defensive play and good defensive play at the weekend as well so if if players get the breaks and get on runs you know that's where you're going to get the scores but I have a feeling that these games are going to be very tight because for all four sides they're very good defensively and they're really good at positionally and man marking players as well and our games we're really looking forward to next week again. Uh, just to mention those results one more time, the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie Quarterfinals. Leash won 10, Kerry won 6 after extra time. Fantastic year, I have to say, calling for Leash based on the fact they weren't going to have a team in the first place at the start of the year. And Mead won 13, Derry 8 points. The semi-final pairings take place next Saturday as things stand. Antrim against Leash and Down against Mead. And don't forget on Sports Dance Camogie on Thursday, we'll be looking back at the three big games we talked about in the Senior Nancy Murray Cup with Imelda Hoppins and also looking ahead to those intermediate semi-finals with Imelda and also with Rena Buckley on the Curtain Razor on Friday. That's the end of our Camogie section of the show. We'll be back in a couple of moments and we'll be talking ladies football. I like listening to Sports Dance because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to the third half with Darren Kelly and Colleen Duffy. It's on to the second half of the third half as we're going to talk ladies football and a massive weekend in ladies football. The last round of group games in both the senior and intermediate championship. Plenty of drama, plenty of excitement. Colleen, before we even talk about games, ladies football is the gift that keeps on giving. And another, <laughs> don't, don't go into any specifics at the moment until we get to them. Plenty of examples again this weekend of such drama and excitement oh big time i mean you you took the words right out of my mouth the gift that keeps on giving it's it's one of those it's it's one of those sports where you just don't know what's going to happen next it really is uh, end-to-end stuff and from senior to intermediate no matter what grade you are watching this weekend there was some excellent stuff. One thing, though, I always love about ladies football, you're never short of goals and you're never short of well-taken ones either. And that was certainly among the key talking points this weekend. And I think you just summed it up there. Plenty of goals, plenty of excitement. We try and go through it as quick as we can. Let's start with the TG Carroll Ireland Senior Ladies Football Championship. Two games took place 
race on Saturday. Dunny Gold beat Waterford by 2.13 to 9 points. A dead rubber there, but goes with Karen Guthrie and Jeremy McLaughlin. But of course, I think the result of the weekend in the Senior Championship coding was no doubt uh, the live match on TG Carr. Armagh back into the semi finals for the first time in five years, beating Mayo 4.12 to 1.16. Again, adjusted everything. It really did, Darren. Um, Goldwyn games, as I've uh, alluded to, and uh, what what a match. I mean, Armagh are a team that I've seen a lot of in the flesh in the last couple of years and always impressed by them and always at times maybe thought that they could do better in the last uh, couple of years. The last decade brought a mixed bag for them in terms of results. Obviously, Amy Mackin, a key player, has had some injuries, but back to her best, as we saw at the weekend as well. Huge impact on the at game. At this stage, Colin, she's player of the year contender, isn't she? Yeah, if you're a picking player of the year now, uh, there, like there, there are a lot of players, you know, that you could pick from, but certainly one that would be high on the list would be Amy Mackin at this stage. But obviously, All-Ireland semi-finals, final to come as well. Who knows what will happen in the next few weeks. But uh, I was go- as soon as I say that, Darren, as soon as I say who knows what will happen in the next few weeks, it probably wouldn't surprise me if Armagh are in the final and that Amy Mackin maybe picks up two more man of the match, or sorry, two more player of the match awards. She's certainly well capable on her current form. 2-7, she scored in that victory against Mayo. Kelly Mallon, the captain, and Catherine Marley also on target with the goals, Catherine's, and the final minute. Uh, earlier on today, I got a chance to talk to their manager, a good friend of the show here, uh, Ronan Murphy, about that victory. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by the Armagh Senior Ladies Football Manager, Ronan Murphy. And Ronan, if we want to be entertained in this championship, we just need to watch Armagh. Another cracking performance, but most importantly for your team, another massive victory. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, delighted with the result. Uh, but as I say, we fully intended to win the, the game. We went with that determination and, uh, you know, we weren't surprised that we came out on top. We, you said that you said that to us too uh, last time we were speaking that you were going to aim to try and get the victory, even though you were coming in as underdogs too. We did an awful lot of analysis in this game about forwards against defenders and all this. I don't. I think the one thing we didn't envisage was a team scoring four goals, and they were the difference between the teams. And you'd be delighted how your players responded because Mayo kept coming back at you plenty of times. Yeah, funny. Um... I just said to Tommy, it was about 10 minutes to go, and I actually turned around and I said, God, this is a, it's a, it's a brilliant game, you know, and uh, I'll not tell you what he said to me. <laughs> but it was it was a very, very good game. High quality, score for score. Um, you know, they went ahead, we came back, we went ahead, they come back. So very entertaining, but, um, you know, it's, look, we're just delighted uh, to be through the semi-final and uh, looking forward to playing the dogs. As you mentioned there, like it's unusual for managers to be able to say that they actually appreciate the quality that you're looking at on the line as well. And no doubt Tommy probably touched on that. But like Mayo came to play too. We talked about Mayo being favourites and they and they lived up to their favourites tag as well. They built up a big lead at the start with just mainly at times keeping in the game and didn't get in the purple patches at, at crucial stages as they come. And I think the character of your team more importantly again was what stood out. Yeah. Um, well, just we're, we're trying to instill to the girls uh, just not to panic and to, to 
just keep playing and playing and playing because we know we're good forwards. So uh, that's really what we're trying to do, just uh, keep staying in the game and taking our chances when we get them. He went 10 points to 1-3 down at one stage. Kelly Mallon was a great goal there, just keeping the gap at four points. And it looked like Mayo were starting to kick on a little bit. But by the time half-time came around, he had the advantage as well because he, I think it was Amy Mackin got her first uh, goal just before half-time. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a purple patch. I think Blahine followed up with a point as well at that stage. Um, but look, that's how quickly it is football. That's how fuck, you know. That's how quickly sport can turn around. You know, you, you take the eye of the ball or you get a bit of a purple patch. The, the pendulum swings and, and, and you capitalise on that. And we did that and we're, we're very glad to do that because it gave us uh, great momentum going in at halftime. Mayo obviously came into this game with very high quality forwards as well, led by Sarah Rowan. They scored four goals against Tyrone in their first day out. Was, was that a part of concentration to make sure that they didn't get green flags? Yes, they did get a goal in the second half and got back into the match again just when it looked like you were taking over. But was that part of your game plan as well to make sure you didn't give them goal-scoring opportunities? Yeah, well, you know, it was conceded 3-13 against Tyrone. We weren't happy with that. So, uh, we know, and going into the next game, we know that, you know, we're going to have to try and uh, limit goal-scoring opportunities and also uh, keep them out at all costs. Of course, Amy Mackin got the second goal. Fiona Doherty did get him for um, one for Mayo too, and it was it was in the balance. I think you were level seven times over the course of the hour as well. You were you were getting your noses in front, but it was just Mary finishing the job off. And what a sweet way it was for Catherine Marley to hit the net in the final minute. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was just a reward for the work rate that she put in, and it was great vision by Amy that played her in. But uh, probably had a chance away from McCoy before that, and she was unlucky. Uh, maybe she should have popped it over the bar, but should have, it was a great run. And uh, you know, I suppose against the Dubs, when we get those chances, we're going to have to make them count uh, because again, uh, we're going up on all level of, of, of standard, and, and uh, you know, the chances will be. Um, I suppose they'll probably not be as uh, frequent as we got against Mayo, so we'll just have to make them count. And Ron, I'm going to ask you one or two questions about Dublin just before we wrap up. But just going back to uh, Saturday's victory against Mayo too, like you would have said this is an initial target at the start of the year to get back to a semi-final for the first time in five years. What was the feeling among the camp afterwards? No doubt um, bringing, them, bringing them down is going to be the chief target over the next couple of days. Uh, I actually don't think so. You know, I told the girls and myself and Tommy included that uh, Enjoy the evening and, and stay for the weekend and, and, and relax. And, uh, you know, g- given the circumstances we're all living under, you know, it's great. It's a great release for the girls to be able to play and express themselves the way they do play football. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that'll be a, a case. And we're definitely just looking forward to the next game. Just to be honest, the games can't come quick enough and, and we're just enjoying what we're doing at the minute. Well, you only have to wait for less than two weeks for the next one. Of course, it is against the All-Ireland Champions Dublin, the last team that Armagh played in the Final Four. And of course, we've seen Dublin with the stream and live TV. Now the options are there. Uh, they are the All-Ireland Champions. They're going for four in a row. And you touched on there already. Um, space will be at a premium in this one. Yeah. Uh, look, you've said it all there. They're going for four in a row. So uh, it's the ultimate challenge. Uh, to get into an All-Ireland final but uh, you know 
what better way to uh, to look forward to something than playing the best team in the country? So, and that's what we'll have to do. We'll just have to prepare as best we can and really go at them from day one. I won't ask you for the game plan one before I go. I know you wouldn't give it to me anyway, but is there any particular area from the Mayo game that you'd be looking at improving ahead of that match? Uh, to be honest, we haven't done our full analysis yet. Uh, you know, obviously, there are passages of play that we wouldn't be happy with. Uh, but, you know, I don't, we're not overly focused on the dubs and we're focused on what better we can do. Uh, because if we bring our A game and be at the top of our game, we know what we're where I keep a bit nanaboy. I like listening sports says because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. That was the Armagh Senior Ladies Football Manager Roland Murphy after they beat Mayo by 4-12 to 1-16. Colin sets up an All-Ireland semi-final with Dublin in two weeks' time. If Armagh can bring that firepower we know what Dublin are capable of, that could be a very intriguing contest. It certainly uh, will be, Darren. And I think as well, um, it's one of those ones where I don't know if either side want that opposition. Armagh can be so tricky. And Dublin, we know what Dublin are doing, obviously looking to get another title in a row, but they'll tell us that, no, they're not thinking of that. But, you know, they're definitely, I suppose, while the amount of titles in a row may be not in the conversation, and I'll be fair to Mick Bowen and the rest of the Dublin management on this one, they certainly have the prize at the end of this in their in their uh, eye, eye line as well. There's no doubt about that particular uh, thing as well. And, uh, yeah, I... I I, I, I think we still have to see the best from Dublin this year. And that's not to say that they're not playing well. I think um, I think there's still more to come from Dublin as well. But likewise with Armagh, we've seen so much of the good stuff from Armagh and there is a bit more in reserve from them also. So this one, it's, it's intriguingly set up. I suppose the other thing as well, like in your talks, uh, there too, Ronan, um, Mayo will be bitterly disappointed as well. And um, that's a big scalp. That is definitely a big scalp. And uh, that's going to give huge confidence to Armagh as well. There's going to be no fear heading into this game for both sides. An interesting uh, semi-final ahead, that's for sure. It certainly is an interesting semi-final. That's in two weeks' time. Let's move to the games that happened yesterday, Sunday. Well, Kevin gave us a bit of um, something to look at at the start. It was an early goal, but Cork got the job done 7-9 to 2-6 to qualify for the All-Ireland semi-finals. It looked like Galway were going to have the job done very, very easily, despite going down to 14 players when Fabian Cooney was sent off. They were one third. To eight points clear, and suddenly Monaghan got three goals in the closing stages. Galway needed another goal. Uh, Louise Ward and Lindsay Noon with the Galway goals. Trace McNally Scott and Ellen, Ellen McCarran with two goals from Monaghan. And all of a sudden, Colleen, for the second consecutive game, Galway were hanging on by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, Galway don't make it easy for themselves, do they, Darren? I think we've seen that not just in those two games, but a, a little bit over the years as well. But uh, yeah, what, 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 what? I was going to say, what a way if you're a Galway fan, and I know you are, obviously, Darren. And I, I, I have have a, a soft spot for for Galway. I've seen them a lot over the years as well. But another team that I like to see playing. And I've seen a lot of over the history of ladies Gaelic football over the years are Monaghan. They never say die. They've got huge, huge spirit and determination. And uh, well, what a way to, to bounce back, you know, um, 
with Galway ahead, 1-11 to 7, Therese McNally, Scott, and obviously McCarran with the two goals as well. Um, yeah, Ellen just cracking scores and it really, really um, kept this game alive. And we alluded to earlier, I suppose, about ladies football, the gift that keeps on giving. And I was saying about the goals. I mean, this was one of those games where you're like, Galway are ahead. But then you kind of remember as well that Galway have a habit of losing leads and different things. And so this almost happened here for them. But uh, yeah, it's another one of those games where it's going to really stand to them. And obviously we know Galway got to an All-Ireland final last year. Uh, there are no bad shakes. You don't get any bad games when it comes to um, the teams. Uh, there's, there's, there's a huge chunk of teams in the top flight that you can always expect good games from. And Galway are one of those. Monaghan are another. Um, I feel sorry for Cavan with that good start that they had. You know, Cork's experience really, really telling in that particular encounter. And, you know, goals win games. It's not too often we get seven goals in the game, particularly in championship. Um, but we had that uh, obviously on Sunday and, uh, you know, Anya Terry O'Sullivan with the hat-trick, Saoirse Noonan, this woman's been on fire. Give her Gaelic football, give her no-neals, give her a soccer ball. She's been firing goals left, right and centre in the last couple of weeks. She got two on Sunday, of course, against Cavan and yeah, that experience uh, really, really stood to Cork as well. Um, but Cavan, you know, they'll be up again, obviously, in the senior grade next year now with no relegation. So that's going to help a huge amount as well. And um, from a Cavan perspective, uh, it's good to see them staying in, in the senior flight as well. And hopefully they'll they'll get a good run in the league as well, because um, they, they they need they need to build and they, they need to they're, they're doing a lot of good work there as well. And it's unfortunate, I suppose, when people look at scorelines, scorelines tell one story. And if it's a five goals and three points gap, you know, a, a, an 18 point gap, that makes them look very bad. But that's not to say that Kevin were bad in this game. Cork had a lot of experience. Cavan were doing a couple of things right, and there is positives for Cavan to take from that game as well. Um, but when you get Cork on that steam train machine, it doesn't matter if it's Efi Fitzgerald or whoever's managing them in the past, you know, it's very hard to stop them. It certainly is very hard to stop them. And of course, calling that sets up an all Ireland semi-final in three weeks' time, Cork against Galway. Now, we very quick to call out these organisations when they do make a bad decision. But uh, good news that, and this was planned in advance, Cork, um, All-Ireland semi-final, they qualified in both the Camogie and the Ladies Football, that the Ladies Football um, Association will put their semi-final back a week. I know the WGPA only want to take credit for this because they proposed it, but at the end of the day, it was the Ladies Fo- Getting Football Association that made the decision. Now, often Camogie and Ladies Football can make life much easier for themselves than we haven't to hear about potential strike action earlier in the year. But thankfully, for these Cork dual players in particular, and I, I'm sure there's other dual players knocking around, they don't have All-Ireland semi-finals on the same day. What I will say here is, on the cold face of it, brilliant, delighted there's no clashes, absolutely thrilled. Three weeks of a gap to a semi-final, where does that leave uh, counties in terms of regrouping, giving them time to get back from injuries, etc., etc., etc.? going to be interesting uh will, will Galway have lost a bit of momentum 
on the ladies' football front, or will it suit them? There's a lot of other questions, I suppose, that can kind of come in. But, you know, I, I think there's not going to be a break anyhow because people are going to be training away. But uh, time to reflect, maybe, Darren, uh, from uh, that other perspective, I suppose, as well. But definitely, it's great to see that there is some clashes. Um, but I will say, um, although I know I mentioned earlier on about Sarah Fitzgerald um, playing, uh, not playing Camogie this year and making her ladies football championship debut this year for, for Leash. It's getting very hard to kind of balance the two as well. If she had still been playing those, those two Leash games this weekend were both up against each other this Sunday afternoon. So it's, it's, it's very hard to sort, but you know, Fair play, because these are the things that have been happening a little bit already over the years. You know, there has been an avoidance of games clashing and codes clashing on some days, but obviously it hasn't been a totally clear picture. But, you know, it's brilliant to see that in this particular case, from a Cork perspective, uh, they've allowed it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see going forward because... You know, this year is unusual and how going forward these organisations manage to overcome all those clashes as well. But yeah, um, Darren, the uh, thing about it is that uh, definitely, um, you know, best efforts are put into play by all sides and it's great to see things moving in a positive direction. But 2021 is going to be a different it's going to be a different calendar year, obviously, because it is a different year, but it's going to be a differently structured year. So we'll have to see if this uh, goodwill, the goodwill will continue, but uh, the lack of clashes, who knows what's going to happen in 2021. Yeah, it's definitely a conversation that we're going to have in more detail some stage down the line, whether it's the two of us calling or we bring Reen into the conversation or some of the players directly involved, we will see. But as as things stand, the, the clash has been avoided and the Cork will play Galway in three weeks' time, the 5th or 6th of December, Dublin and Armagh the previous week, the 28th, 29th of November. Those TG Carroll All-Ireland Senior Football Championship results one more time on Saturday. Donegal 2.13, Waterford 9 points, Armagh 4.12, Mayo 1.16. And then on Sunday, Cork 7.9, Cavan 2.6 and Galway 2.13, Monaghan 3.9. Let's move to the Intermediate Football Championship. Five games took place. Uh, oh, um, there was real drama in one particular group. Colin, you touched on it on Sports Stands Live on Saturday night. Uh, Clare have qualified for the semi-finals. Let's just go straight with that. Actually, I should give the results first. Clare 718, Sligo 2 points. Leash 213, Kildare 38. Down 312, Leitrim 110. Roscommon 510, Offaly 44. And Westmead 311, Loud 15. Let's go to that group of four. Kildare were holding all the aces in their hands. They were two wins out of two. Seven games unbeaten all year. All they had to do was avoid defeat against the Leash side that were hammered by Clare the previous week. Not just the leash win the game, Colleen, but just when it looked like it was going to be taken away from them, they came back to win it again. A massive result, but of course, it was cleared. We're celebrating at the end. 
Yeah, Leash doing Clare favours. <laughs> it's been a lot about Leash and Clare teams in the last few weeks between the hurling and the ladies football. And uh, yeah, here we are. We we, we, we do the banner uh, a favour on this one and, and don't do ourselves any favours, unfortunately. Uh, but what a win it was. But it, it looked like we might get the scoring difference required when a Leah Tarpey goal after 23 minutes put Leash 1-7 to a point ahead. Everything looking good. You know, it was five points to no score in the opening minutes. Uh, Mo Nerney with a lot of uh, those early points. She got four of the first six points, in fact, uh, before the water break for Leash, as Leash led six points to one. Um, Roisin Byrne, it took uh, Kildare 15 minutes uh, for her to get their opening score as well. And uh, end-to-end stuff and... um, what 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 a game! I I saw um most of it before the stream broke down. I think the technology must have been wondering what the hell was going on. I was so surprised with what it was seeing. But I um I had alluded to uh, Leash and Sligo uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago uh, before on um, on something else I'd been doing and just how Leash mesmerized me at the start of that game with the way that they took it to Sligo early and they were all over them and that's what Leash done against Kildare in the opening stages 1-8 to 3 points at half time but then slowly but surely Kildare came back uh, the goals started coming in and uh, yeah it was uh, it was a cracking win for Leash but not by what they wanted Monerney finished with 8 points um, but yeah, Clare's big win over Sligo, uh, like 7-18 to two points. That obviously helped them hugely as well. Um, so it was going to be a huge ask for Leash, uh, even though they done eno- uh, even though they done enough in terms of winning the match and keeping their side of the bargain with a 7-18 to two points win. You know, it was always going to be clear that we're going to be in the semi-finals. That's for sure uh, on that one. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it was. I suppose the intriguing thing as well was it was the group. It was Group Four. It was put first at the fixtures at Sportsdays Live on Saturday night, and it turned oh, out to be and uh, and it. Oh, well, it was the fir- those were the games that were the first on. Jack- Don't be blaming Jackie Cattle. Well, well, that's exactly well. No, I'm not blaming him. Because he, he saw the eye for this one to be what it turned out to be. And it was a real group of death. And it certainly uh, turned out to be that in the end. Uh, what what a victory. Looking at the other games, I know you had an eye on Westmead. Loud just just, be, just before we go to the other games, Colin, sorry for cutting in you there. Because um, as you mentioned there, Claire with the big victory. Uh, Sligo, a lot of changes in their panel this year from the semi-final mm. side last year. But also a note for Nebo D. Sent off in the Camogie against Cork on Saturday. I think she scored one or two goals in that game against Sligo. And down beat Leitrim 3 12 to 110. That was a dead rubber. Mead had already won that group. So it sets up an Ireland semi final now between Clare and Mead. A bit of history between them with a game to look forward to. Yeah, certainly. And Mead are a team. There's a couple of teams I kind of say shouldn't be in the intermediate championship. I think they're better. And Mead are one of those. Uh, Leash being another Kildare uh, as well. And that's, uh, I suppose, with my Leinster bias hat on for a second. I want a proper Leinster Senior Championship. So the only way we can have some semblance of a Leinster Senior Championship in 2021 is if uh, we have uh, if uh, if we have a Leinster team obviously winning the All Ireland Championship as well. And of course, the two left standing are Westmead and Mead, as, as you mentioned as well. 
And well, uh, I suppose from a mean perspective, um, you mentioned obviously history between the sides. Um, they always give it hell for letter. Um, two two great sides there in action. So we'll be looking to that forward to that one now in, in the coming weeks ahead as well. But obviously, a uh, huge huge uh, effort to get to the semi-finals by both sides as well. And uh, Claire aren't going to score seven eighteen against me. That's for sure. Or they're certainly not. If they do, they're certainly not going to win by the margin that they did against Sligo at the weekend. No, and like Mead and Westmead would be considered the two favourites in this competition. Indeed, they were probably considered top three before their defeat mm-hmm. to Leash today. That's one of the semi-finals, as Colin just mentioned there as well. The game I was watching on Sunday was Westmead against Loud. A game that was really fascinating me because Loud Royal Ireland Junior Champions, Clare were relegated from senior last year. Um, the, the, also, Westmead were playing Division 1. Uh, Westmead, I should have said there, sorry. Loud were playing Division 4. At the start of the game, it was very, very close. Vicky Carr with a point for West meet after two minutes kick flood hitting back for Loud to make it a point apiece but this game swung on two moments at the 10th minute Loud were threatening the going for a goal chance Kate Flood Lauren Boyle in there probably just fluffed their lines at the crucial stage Westmead's defence were very, very resilient. It must be said the goal chance was spurned up the other end of the field seconds later. Uh, Westmead won a penalty from Car- through Karen Hegarty and Leona Archibald put the ball into the back of the net to make it 1-1 to a point and Westmead gradually pulled away. They led by 1-7-2 points at half-time. Kira Blundell, Anna Jones, Leanne Slevin and Joanna Marr also on target. Now, Lau did the elements in the second half. The game certainly was not over. At least it was nothing to do with the elements anyway. 20 seconds into the second half, Rachel Dillon setting up Kira Blondell and put the ball into the back of the net. And Westmead were 2-7 to two points in front. Lauren Boyle hit back for Loud, but Kira Blondell got another goal on 35 minutes after, has to be said, Una Pearson, the Lau goalkeeper, forced a great save after good work from Joanna Marr and Karen Hegarty. But when Kira Blondell got that goal, her second West Meads third, it was 3 7 to 3 points. Westmead continue and pulling away. 3-10 to 4 points. Leanne Slevin and Rachel Dillon also on target. There was a goal from Loud substitute Amy McNally in the closing stages. Westmead getting over the line. Leanne Slevin with her final score, giving them a 3-11 to 1-5 victory. That was a top of the table clash. It was effectively a quarter finals. Weeds Westmead go into the semi-finals calling. Uh, they, of course, as I mentioned, dropped from senior last year. And they'll be up against their neighbours, Ross Common, who beat Wexford last week. They had to do work hard to get on top of Offaly. They won by 5-10 to 4-4. And that's going to be another intriguing semi-final between Ross Common and Westmead. It certainly is. In a normal year, I'd probably expect Westmead to win this one, but anything goes. But on that performance against Loud at the weekend, Darren, certainly Westmead uh, really have that momentum with them. And I'm sure that they'll deliver well against Roscommon as well. Roscommon are a team I haven't seen much of, I have to admit, in recent years. But uh, certainly, I suppose, and uh, there will be, um, I suppose, um, I, 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 to be honest, while it is a local derby, it's very hard to see. But Westmead's senior experience in recent years as well, and okay, they 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 went down, but uh, certainly it's very hard to look past Westmead in uh, that particular encounter. But nothing's regular about twenty twenty, Darren, as we keep seeing as well. Westmead obviously put five ten past Offaly uh, as well, a building and a youthful Offaly side also. So. 
high scoring has certainly been the order of the weekend. And, uh, you know, when you look at it between the senior and intermediate championships, Sligo were the only team not to get at least one goal. And that was against Clare, obviously, in that route, as we mentioned. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting one because we can see Roscommon obviously leaked four goals against Offaly. Does that mean a shaky defence? Uh, Westmead, bit tighter, obviously, just the one goal leaked against Loud. Um, so that could be what it could come down to as well. As much as the scoring at the opposite ends, you know, good defences are key, particularly when you're talking about knockout action and all earned semi-finals as well. And you're right, we're guaranteed, I think, to have some high-scoring classics, but could be the defences that win these competitions for their respective sides. Let's go through those TG Carroll Ireland Intermediate Ladies Football Championship results again. Clare 7-18, Sligo 2 points. Leash 2-13, Kildare 3-8. Down 3-12, Leitrim 1-10. Roscommon 5-10, Offaly 4-4. Westmead 3-11, Loud 1-5. And as we mentioned already, the semi-final pairings, Clare against Mead and Roscommon against Westmead. Colleen, let's all look at all the action on the field of playing Camogie and ladies football this week. Before we wrap up, anything else of note that has happened or occurred over the last couple of days? Yeah, I suppose um, on a sad note, um, Donald Fitzpatrick, the Kildare ladies football PRO, of course, well known. His uh, mother, Phyllis, unfortunately passed away after a short illness recently. So our sympathies uh, go to Donald and the rest of uh, the Fitzpatrick family and to everybody in Kildare ladies Gaelic football, I know as well, because Donald's a regular he uh, wasn't present for the Kildare Leash game in Netwatch Cullen Park on Sunday. And I was talking to him uh, before the game and he was saying that it was his first game that he's missed uh, with the Kildare uh, senior ladies team, uh, the adult team, uh, in the last seven or eight years or so. So uh, that's, a, that's a big thing for him. But I know he was tuned in watching and I'm sure he was inspired by a lot of what he saw from Kildare in that second half as well. Um, but our sympathies uh, to everybody in Kildare and especially to Donal and his family. Yes, dear Anna Musso, may she rest in peace. And of course, as well, Colin, before we finish up, I mentioned with Jerry Moan, the uh, Tyrone Ladies Football Manager. We've already talked about Johnny Greville from Westmead Camogie, but after five years in an All Ireland title, Jerry Moan has stepped down as Tyrone Manager. Yeah, and uh, certainly uh, leaves with, with a great innings. And I suppose uh, another Tyrone man uh, stepping down after Mickey Hart, of course, a couple of days uh, previously with the uh, Tyrone uh, senior men's team. So maybe they'll do a swap around, Darren. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe uh, Tyrone ladies footballers will have Mickey Hart's knowledge next year and that the men will have uh, Jerry Moan's knowledge as well. But specifically talking about Jerry, uh, what an innings uh, for uh, Tyrone and what he has done uh, for them in the last couple of years as well. Um, he provided that solid basis for Tyrone to come back up to the senior grade and um, what a way they've done it, of course, that memorable All-Ireland final win a few years ago in Crow Park as well. Um, really has uh, had Tyrone at his heart and soul over the last couple of years, and I'm sure it's not the last we've seen of him in managerial action, uh, whether it be in ladies football or across the Gaelic Games family as well. 
Oh yeah, we certainly wish Jerry the best of luck, but Coley, I certainly will right now, Tyrone Ladies Football, if you can get Mickey Hart on board, we would love to see it happen, because I was actually reading an interview with Mickey Hart over the weekend as well, a fascinating individual, everything he's gone through, and the success on the field of play. With that being said, before we wrap up, let's tell you what is on Sports Stars over the rest of of the week on Tuesday the Fair Green our special guest 10 time All-Ireland winner 11 time All-Star Kerry Ladies Football legend Mary Jo Kern looking forward to that on Wednesday Sports Dance Football is back with Monaghan and Steve Kendon where we look back at some of the games from the Teaching Car Senior Championship including Monaghan against Galway and Armagh against Mayo and we look ahead to the All-Ireland Junior Ladies Football Championship semi-finals the following week but also speaking to Fermanagh manager Johnny Garrity on Thursday, it's the turn of Sports Dance Camogie with Amelia Hubbins. We look back at the Nancy Murray Cup final and the All-Ireland Senior Semi-Finals and look ahead to the All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie Semi-Finals. On Friday, it's the curtain raiser with Rena Buckley where we look ahead to all those semi-finals in Camogie and ladies football, all the championships getting down to the business end of things. And on Saturday evening, sometimes Sports Dance Live will be back with Colin Duffy. He'll announce guests during the week. But he'll be looking back at all the action on Saturday and talking to all the people making news in Camogie and ladies football. It was a bumper show, but it was a busy show. We hope you enjoyed the third half. We take our guests again, Jimmy Greville, Ronan Murphy and Colin Duffy. Colin, thank you very much and good night, everyone. Good night.